Come get a seat while the good ones are still available. Get you a good bun holder. Or bye. It's bedtime for other people who aren't in their 20s. Are we all in our 20s? No. <laughs> I see you. Good job. Oh, hey. <laughs> all right, ready? Hey everybody, welcome to the Columbus Podcast Festival presented by Kaufman Development, where high design and a sense of belonging come together for a truly special place to live. Uh, tonight, closing down Friday night, we have Multiversal Q. Have you guys heard of them, him, it? Whatever you want to call a podcast. <laughs> Whatever proper pronoun works. Uh, Multiversal Q is local to Columbus. We're pretty excited to have Luke here tonight. It is your uh, guide to the comics multiverse, now in podcast form. So without further ado, give it up for the man of the hour, Luke! There it is. And you don't need to run the full thing. I had a lot of people complain about how it used to be two minutes of, like, solid that techno music. <laughs> Welcome to Multiverse OQ, your guide to the comic book Multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And my co-host is not here, which for... Everybody who's actually here in the audience, they're aware of that. And probably most of the people on Twitter are as well, because my co-host Devin abandoned me to go to Minnesota to get his master's degree and to get a job doing what he loves. So, good for him. But I am in sort of an awkward position, so I need a temporary co-host for this show. You will be paid in these very fancy cards for the other podcasts that I do, Exiled, and you also have a chance to win fabulous prizes for being able to answer questions that are not super complicated. So, are there any people in the audience who would be interested in volunteering as we cover Marvel 1985? Is that a, is there a Tim in the audience? Yes, come on down. And would anybody else like to come? There is also a fancy prize of a $20 gift certificate to Big Fun Toys here in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Come on down, Katie. You're coming up on the stage. Hey, if we can fill this out with multiple people, we've got a person who should probably know most of the stuff, and then two other people who may or may not. So it's a fun grab bag. So, guest at our orange mic, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, how much do you want me to say it? My name's Tim. Yep. That's that, it. That's, that's good. And our guest at the yellow mic. Oh, yeah, because you can see color in a podcast. I'm Katie. <laughs> And our guest at the mic at the end. I'm Abby. I think you may need to go closer to that one. I'm Abby. Yes. Hi, Abby. Hi, Katie. Hi, Jen. And Hi, Luke. Hello. Hello. Hi. So <laughs> what we're going to be doing here is a trivia recap of the Marvel comic, Marvel 1985, which... Is not very good, but the way that it's going to work is I'm going to take breaks in between to ask you questions, and you are going to buzz in and say the answer if you know it, or you can take a guess. There are no negative points that you can get. And now I have three different sizes of buzzer. There is the tiny one, the medium one, and the large one. Tim at the orange mic, which would you like? I'll take the medium one. Is this a listening test? <laughs> uh, ooh, oh, give uh. that a shot. Is that what it's supposed to do? It's no, just it's click. actually supposed to make a noise. Oh. Oh, pull this? Yes, yes. It is oh. a very fresh boy. Oh, very nice. Sounds good. Yes. Cool. Uh, Katie, would you like the I'll large... I want the big one. <laughs> 
I see some of the Sorry. prizes. Sorry, Abby. I thought we were just going to go in like Goldilocks-like thing, so no. there we go. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Oh, wow. oh ooh. <laughs> and now... Ooh. I need oh, it to... is big. Yes. <laughs> oh. It moves as well. Oh, my God. It's iron. For those of you listening at home, I have a giant, I have like a 12-inch Iron Man. Poor Iron Man. And then, uh, Abby, you are at the end, Mike. You will be getting the last one. You press its butt. It is a (laughs) tiny horse. You you press its tail to be real specific. This is obnoxious. I'm very excited. I know. This is very good podcasting. Everybody who left early is missing out on that. Y'all are missing out. All right. So, 1985, it was International Youth Year. The domain name system was generated. Ronald Reagan began his second term. Madonna went on her first concert tour. New Coke came out and then was recalled very quickly. Back to the Future came out. A lot of things happened in 1985. But the comic Marvel 1985 came out in the year 2008. It was written by Mark Millar, with art by Tommy Lee Edwards and letters by John Workman, and it is set on Earth 1219. And that brings us to our first question, which is, can you name two movies based on comics by Mark Millar? Yes, Tim. Um... Does Logan count? I will accept that. <laughs> Is this Jeopardy uh, where you have to answer with a question? <laughs> wanted. Ah, uh, yes. I would have also accepted Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, Kingsman the Secret Service, Kingsman the Golden Circle, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie, and technically Captain America Civil War. Oh. He's... Not my favorite writer. But he's super popular. I just have never heard his name before. So <laughs> Yeah, he makes a lot of books that sell very, very well. <laughs> I like some of his stuff. So the comic starts off with a recap of an entirely different series called Secret War, which is a comic that ran in 1984 to 1985, which was mainly written to sell toys for Mattel because it was a series that had all the heroes and all the villains. And it also did a very good job of disrupting all the comics that were going on at the time. And then it topped itself every other way possible the following year of Secret Wars 2. But the basic premise was a big extra-dimensional being known as the Beyonder took a bunch of heroes and villains and was like, I am from beyond! Slay your enemies and all that you desire shall be yours. Nothing you dream of is impossible for me to accomplish. Which, that's some good self-actualization. (laughs) And so you get a mix of heroes, like your Captain America, your Iron Man, Thor, Spider-Man showing up, and you get your villains like Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, Claw, if you saw Black Panther, uh, Ultron, if you saw Avengers 2, Molecule Man, he's not getting to move anytime, Uh, Galactus, who's a big purple guy who eats planets, that will be important, and then the X-Men in the story are just like, ah, yeah, we... We kind of hate everybody at the time because we're not being well-written right now. And Magneto goes along with them, too, because comics. So one of the big changes as we enter into our second question is, one of these heroes discovered a new costume. Which character got a new costume here in the comic event Secret Wars? Can we find a... Was that Iron Man? Yeah, that, that was Iron Man. I heard him talk. No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's my answer no. to the question. Oh. Uh, no. Can I just Iron keep guessing? <laughs> Until I get something right? Because uh, well, I'm not going to know. Can all, other people can also guess. Oh, yeah. Can we phone a friend? Oh. A friend being Yeah, you? do I have lifelines available? or? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Luke, what's the answer? You're my friend. I think I'm friends with all three of you, and... I asked. You did. Has this character been in a recent superhero movie? Yes, they have. 
Has this character had a change of costume in a recent superhero movie? Yes. Is it Captain America? No. Fuck. Is it Spider-Man? Yes, it is Spider-Man. This is where he gets his famous black symbiote suit, which you may remember from Spider-Man 3, the one where Tobey Maguire did dancing. This dude, this dude here in the audience knew the answer the whole time it was quiet. <laughs> Come on, man. Help a girl out. So this entire recap is coming from Saul, who is the owner of the local comic store, trying to get our hero, Toby Goodman, to buy the entire series and to subscribe, because comic shops are awful, and Mark Millar, as a writer, generally does not seem to have a very good opinion of people who read comic books. Oh. Uh, this is also seen by Saul's co-worker, Damien, who is immediately dismissive of him supporting Marvel over indie comics, and he immediately drops Love and Rockets and Cerberus, which are both very popular indie comics that you can typically go into stores, especially at the time, like your Barnes & Nobles, and buy issues of. So, comics. And... It's, it's, it's a very, very weird setup. We also get a moment where Toby, who I will note is 13 years old here, also notices a toy of Herbie, which is something that was never made. And Herbie was an acronym meaning Humanoid Experimental Robot B-Type Integrated Electronics. And he appeared in a cartoon for a very specific Marvel team before he ever appeared in the comics. What as question three, TV show did he appear in? A TV show? A cartoon show. Oh, God. (laughs) Is it X-Men? No. (laughs) Is it Rugrats? Not a Marvel series, and you also did not buzz in. (laughs) Oh, So it doesn't count. (laughs) Was it the Avengers? It was not. Katie... You are the last person you could theoretically go out and phone a friend in the audience. I don't watch cartoons. <laughs> so I, like, you... don't have any answers. I don't know what was a cartoon and what wasn't. I was looking for the Fantastic Four. He was made for the cartoon to replace cartoon? the Human Torch. Uh, not because of the apocryphal story that parents were worried that if they saw a guy catching on fire that all the kids would try and light themselves on fire, but because the Human Torch had a movie rights option that never actually went anywhere. Oh. So, as the story goes on, we find a bit more about Toby, about how his parents got a divorce, how he got depression as a result, and he fell back into comics. When he finally gets home, his dad, Jerry, is there with his stepdad, who's only known as Mr. Hart. (laughs) Jerry looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski, and Mr. Hart looks like a thinner version of Peter Serfanowicz, if you're familiar with that actor. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy, Shaun of the Dead. He's a very stern British man. And Sounds like a really crappy Yeah, stepfather. me too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get, the, with that one. you get the immediate comparison because while Mr. Hart has purchased a new car recently, Jerry had to sell his because he is out of work. Which obviously makes it fine when Jerry and Toby head into the woods to the old Winsham house, which is this massive, weird-looking mansion, and Jerry talks about how he used to be friends with a Clyde Winsham. Oh, I was going to guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like, ready to, like, buzz in. <laughs> uh, who had ended up getting brain-damaged and is now currently living in a rest home. When they get there, they meet a mysterious short man with thick glasses who ends up giving him a collection of comics that they found inside the house, This is important because it does not make a lot of sense. The short, mysterious man tries to pass off the comics onto Jerry and Toby, and they note some of the titles, including The Fantastic Four, which the tiny man responds to because he is actually the Mole Man from Fantastic Four comics. (gasps) And meanwhile, Toby notices the Red Skull, the evil Nazi Hydra supervillain, in the house. Oh, no. Which brings us to question four. Red Skull appeared in which of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies? Abby. This is <laughs> <laughs> oh, just keeps going. Captain America. The, the first one. Yes. 
So <laughs> yeah, you yes. did it. I don't know the full title. <laughs> the, the, full <laughs> the full title is Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh, that's what I was leaning The first towards, one but I wasn't is pretty percent sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. the first one is basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Rutgall, he's a Nazi. One time Magneto, who was a Holocaust survivor, dropped him in a mine shaft to die. Comics are great. <laughs> so the next day, Toby tries to tell his friend Darius about what he has seen, and Darius doesn't believe him, and somehow Toby <laughs> also does not remember where he knows the Mole Man from. <laughs> and so was, what was that conversation like? Was he like, I saw a Nazi? And they were like, no, no, no way. You saw well, a Nazi with a Don't go with your father into the woods. Bad things might happen. <laughs> At least it wasn't a stepdad. So we also find out from Toby's mother that Jerry ended up telling Mole Man, oh, yeah, no, these comics are worth a lot of money. You should go into town and sell them. Don't just give them off to me and my son, (laughs) random people who went to this house that you were hanging out for whatever reason. And, oh, I went back a page. That is not good. So this is a comic with... In a comic. I don't remember there being comics uh, oh in this house when it, it's Wow. It was okay. a series that I picked because I had not covered it yet. It's short. Yeah. And it, it's got people. Yeah. It's e- it's easy to explain. We at least have Jerry, and Jerry is definitely a person. Mm-hmm. And there's Toby. And Gary. As they have this conversation where basically Jerry went and ignored getting them a small fortune. It turns out that there is a man on the news who is dressed up like the Vulture. Oh, no. Who does not look like the one from Spider-Man Homecoming. It's pretty much a very old, sickly, frail-looking bald man in a big green feathered suit. Cool. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So, once again, Toby tries to convince Darius that there's something going on out there, but... Darius doesn't really care about this whole thing, so Toby heads out alone to try and investigate the Wincham Mansion again, where he sees Doctor Doom getting angry about having to live in a house with all these other supervillains. Doctor Doom lights the <laughs> like house on fire. Type situation. Does he not have his own bathroom? <laughs> Is it an Airbnb? What's going down? <laughs> it's like a Victorian mansion that you just stuck random parapets and other parts from other types of houses onto. But are they paying rent? Like, has everyone got an equal share? Again, How does he not have his own bathroom? <laughs> it's really unclear. I, I think they're just squatting. <laughs> it's like Jesse Pinkman's house from Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. Yes. Cool. That, that really clears just things up like for me. Just extra parapets <laughs> stuck on there just for extra evil. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was in the arch- uh, architectural fashion of the time. So, Dr. Doom gets angry. Everyone else is being controlled by a mysterious master. So, Dr. Doom lights the house on fire, and then he notices Toby, who runs into the woods and bumps into the Hulk. Which brings us to question number five. Actual cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, no, that is not on Shit. the answers here. So close. Even <laughs> It is relatively close. Gosh. Okay, well, all right. I feel better. Transformers. No. Uh, <laughs> if I can actually get to the question. No. <laughs> can you, you can name stand. two actors who have played the Hulk, Bruce Banner, or David Banner? And yes. Um, Mark Ruffalo. Hold, hold on. And that, I Tim. think she was first. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and that really skinny guy skinny from, um, oh shit, what's it called? Um, the movie with Brad Pitt and the punching. Fight Club. I'm ready. Can I can I can I chime uh, in also? Club is not the name of the actor. Uh, Tim got his gun right. in. Eric Bana, Lou Ferrigno. Correct. Boo. I mean, yeah, you, like you did it. Yeah. Uh, Edward Norton is the actor you yeah. were looking for. Thank you, Katie. So I get a fourth of a point. <laughs> I mean, if you want to see who can name the most Bana of them, no, I mean, uh, Ron That's Perlman also movie. apparently voiced him once. In an animated series. <laughs> the shooty old guy from the Sons of Anarchy were on Perlin? Also the Hellboy. <laughs> from Hellboy. He's a national treasure. Mm-hmm. He was in that? 
No, no, he is oh. a national treasure. <laughs> he was a national treasure. <laughs> I was going to have to really, really examine that movie. <laughs> so, luckily at this point in comics continuity, the Hulk has the mind of Bruce Banner in control of his body, because that changes pretty often. But he is Same in a fight girl. with the Juggernaut, that big old red guy from the X-Men. So Toby runs off. Meanwhile, Jerry has gone to visit Clyde to tell him, Oh yeah, I told these people they could sell your comics. And Clyde is non-responsive, and so Jerry has to leave. Jerry finds his son Toby waiting for him, and Toby's like, oh yeah, I saw the Hulk fighting the Juggernaut, and all these trees are destroyed. Come on, Dad, look at these trees with me. <laughs> and Jerry gets there, and it's within walking distance. And he realizes that it's an end moot from Lord of the Rings, and they're all just having a meeting, like a family meeting, and they're interrupting. Oh, no, no, he just thinks that it's a storm which is bullshit because that level of storm would have not been able to be localized within walking distance that he would have not heard. I'm sorry, nope. does yep. this series just end with like Toby being institutionalized because he's seen all this crazy shit and no one believes him? <laughs> like, does this have a real sad ending that we're gearing <gasps> up towards? This is just gaslighting I the know, comic. Toby. <laughs> oh. I'm starting to be very concerned for Toby. Uh, the ending gets a lot weirder <laughs> and a lot worse. Yes. All right, let's hop to it. Still very concerned for Toby. So Jerry's like, yeah, no, this was all a storm, and you better not tell anyone about this because they're (laughs) going to think that you're crazy. Oh, my God. And Toby is... I thought Jerry was going to be the good parent in the story. (laughs) No, he just sounds like my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. So Toby is upset that his dad isn't going to believe him, and he's like, oh, but I will take you to the comic store. And there, because they have gotten this massive, massive, like, incredibly valuable, oh, you can go and get your entire college, including a master's and a doctorate degree, paid for with the value of these comics collection. They're like, oh, uh, yeah, Toby, your dad did us a solid. You get 10% off this one time. Cool. They're jerks. So that night at dinner... Toby's stepdad, Mr. Hart, ended up getting a job offer, which is going to require the entire family to move out to England, which Toby is reasonably upset over. <laughs> Doesn't sound like he has much going for him, though. Was he reasonably upset, or should he have just, like, gone with the change in this situation? He should have gone with the change. Wouldn't the superheroes have, like, cooler accents over there? They like, absolutely that, would. If you're going to run around the woods and see things and no one's going to believe you, at least they'll have, like, cool accents, right? Exactly. Always look on the bright side of life. So Toby gets upset. He knows that it's all about his mom not wanting him to end up like his dad. And meanwhile, outside, Stiltman shows up. And Stiltman is a guy who wears a suit with giant metal stilt legs so he can do crimes. Oh, it's not just Muppet Man? (laughs) No, no. Okay. It's a guy who has a suit that is more expensive than the crimes that he's able to commit with the suit. Oh. Stiltman is very wonderful. Very, very this sounds like American psycho. <laughs> Stiltman is a treasure in this ruined world. Mm. Just like Ron Perlman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dolores, who was Clyde's nurse, and her partner Edgar get attacked at home and are presumably killed by Sandman and Electro. Because Mark Millar <laughs> has, not? yeah, Mark Millar has a tendency for just pointless, over-the-top violence. That is not good for anybody, but it is good for us because we're now at question six. Both Sandman and Electro are Spider-Man villains who have appeared on multiple iterations of the same team of Spider-Man foes. What is this team called? Sinister Six. That is correct. Thank God, someone got it. (laughs) (laughs) So we get a few flashbacks of Clyde and Jerry back when they were younger before Clyde had massive brain damage. Who's Clyde? (laughs) Clyde is Jerry's friend who... He has a friend? (laughs) Just one? Yes. The one who's uh, in the retirement home. Whose comic collection got sold by the Mole Man. Okay. I thought he was the Mole Man. Got it, got it, got it. Who does he look like again? Uh, I did not mention what oh. Clyde looks like because it's really unclear. All right. 
In yes. a comic? In a visual form. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Like, <coughs> is he just constantly shrouded? Generic looking dude. His face is mm-hmm. just a bubble Generic. that says nondescript. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably white. Can I imagine Tobey Maguire? Yeah, I'm gonna I, get it mixed up with Toby it. though. Okay. I thought Toby was I Toby Maguire. No, so we also get a meeting of Jerry meeting Toby's mom, Ooh. mentioning that he has had a thing for Jane Foster, Ooh. who was a nurse Wait, in Thor has, comics. Has Jerry not met Toby's mom because Jerry's Toby's dad, right? Like it's a flashback. It's a flashback. Some, okay. Oh, you're following this way closer than I am, Abby. <laughs> Uh, also, Jerry makes it explicit that he has a thing for women in uniforms. Ew. Yeah, he, Jerry is a very gross person. Is she wearing person. a uniform in this situation, or is this just a non sequitur that this guy just decided to inform this random human of? He's like, guess what's for dinner, ladies in uniform. Uh, that is pretty <laughs> like, much what he dad. says. Uh, and then we get back to the present where he is dating a police officer. Oh, jeez. And she is in uniform. She ain't got time for that. (laughs) She gets called in to investigate the murder of Dolores and Edgar, which confuses them. It does not go well because both Dolores and Edgar were non-white, and this is a small town. So crimes, that crime is not going to get solved. Again, Toby should just be really excited about moving to England. He's not seeing the opportunity here. (laughs) Jerry, meanwhile, has bought a used ice cream truck for $100. (laughs) And he has picked up Toby, and as they are driving around the town, they see a massive crowd of people walking into a lake and not walking out because they are being controlled by Modoc, who is a giant head with normal-sized arms and legs on it, who is in a floating chair and who has brain powers. So a T-Rex in a chair. <laughs> sure. Except it's human. Got it. Is he just floating above the lake, like, looking at these people, just, like, yeah, doing yeah. his will? Okay. Or is he passively thinking about it and forgot? Just 20 miles like, away. Oh, I wonder sure, what would happen if all these people lake. went into a lake. Oh. <laughs> More villains have also started to show up at this point, including Mole Man and his Moloids, who are a race of subterranean monster people who steal all the children from a playground. Also, oh bumskis, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, you're you're first selling a guy's comic collection without his permission, and the next you're stealing children by pulling them underground in the playground into the subterranean caverns that are apparently there. Comics. It's a downward spiral, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, Ultron, the evil android, is there, and he's just murdering people. <laughs> As you do. Yep. And as the police are trying to figure out how to handle everything, that is when Fin Fang Foom shows up, who, if you're unfamiliar with him, he is a giant green dragon who sometimes wears tiny purple underwear. He fights Iron Man. An appropriate outfit for a giant green dragon, to Mm -hmm. be sure. Cool. I can see that. Okay. I got it. Yes. So at this point, the National Guard has been called in, and Jerry is at the point where he's like, oh, yeah, no, these are comic villains. I'm sorry for gaslighting you, son. (laughs) Oh, finally. Wow. Did they hug it out, and did he get, like, forgiven, like, really quick and everything? No, they're still driving that ice cream truck that he bought for $100. Lord. (laughs) Is the ice cream even cold for $100? They don't have ice cream. Ice cream? Oh, they just have the truck and the ice cream. Uh, it's a big junky truck with an ice cream cone on the top. Where Does it like play the music? Where conversation should happen. Does it play yeah, in a junky ice cream truck. Yeah, absolutely. With a man named Jerry, to be sure. Millar does not make a note on whether or not it plays music. It wouldn't for $100. There's no way. The, the music is certainly like a 250 plus yeah. situation. I feel like do your ears hang low is definitely in public domain by now, right? <laughs> no, but the ice cream cone is supposed to spin, and it's not spinning right oh, now. No. It's just kind of like emitting sad sparks. So with all this bad stuff going down, they decide to try and save Julie, but that is when the lizard, who is a Spider-Man villain, who is also a giant lizard in a lab coat, shows up and attacks their ice cream truck as Toby wonders if he's the cause of all these supervillains showing up, because, you know, he likes comics, and that's the main thing that we've gotten out of this. Also, he's depressed. Like, we don't get a lot from Toby out of this. 
Is he depressed because everybody's been gaslighting him for the majority of this particular storyline? I'll allow it. Oh. <laughs> Great. So they're able to shake the lizard off of the ice cream truck. But wait, wait, there's a wizard now? The lizard. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they end up crashing the ice cream truck, and the lizard captures Toby. As Jerry pleads pointlessly for his son's life, uh, he ends up getting saved by the National Guard who have guns and are able to shoot at the giant lizard man. We then flash back again to 1964 at the Wincham House, where the entire town has gathered outside. And they're just standing there in a trance, and Miss Wincham starts freaking out. She thinks that Jerry is doing all of this. And a knock comes at the door as the previously dead Mr. Wincham has returned. Because, you know, that seems like something that Jerry and not her son would have done. She does not have very good logic here. Mm Mm-mm. Back in the present, the National Guard is trying to corral people, preventing Jerry and Toby from getting to save their mom, or from getting oh, to God. save Julie. Well, that's problematic right there. Uh-huh. The same one. And then all of a sudden, a tanker gets thrown at them for no reason. You don't see who's thrown the tanker at them. And Jerry's like, okay, I'm going to save my ex-wife. Toby, you just need to stay here and not do anything. But because Toby is the protagonist, he doesn't listen, tries to get help from the other nerds, and they aren't helping him because they're characters who are not going to do anything except moan and complain. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Hi, Mom, who doesn't listen to this podcast. And you get more scenes of chaos. My mom does. <laughs> That's a lie. Like, you get a scene where the blob, who's a big fat guy from the X-Men, just eats people and also a bus. <coughs> and Sauron shows up, and there are just... A, really, Katie? It does have a um, Lord of the Rings connection yeah, there. All, yes. Everything does. Uh, that actually brings us to our seventh question. Sauron is an X-Man supervillain who is a humanoid form of what type of creature? Katie? A wizard? No. How is it not? Tim? A pterodactyl. Yes. Sauron is a psychic vampire pterodactyl man who usually wears cut-off shorts. I hate comics. And he named named himself after the Lord of the Rings villain. I'm going to poop all over this stage. I'm so mad. (laughs) But but why cutoffs? Why why was that a conscious decision in all of this? Cutoffs? Like cutoff shorts? He has a tail, and he's generally hanging out in a place called the Savage Land, which is a place in Antarctica where a meteorite landed. Not an appropriate Savage Land is a place on Twitter. There's dinosaurs there. Yes. Great. Uh, also, the hate monger shows up, who is a clone of Hitler. Oh, my it's, God. Comics are awful. Yeah. Stop. So, Toby reaches the Wincham house, where he sees the Melter, who is a dude who melts things, melt a dude, because Mark Millar <laughs> is bad at comics. Mm-hmm. And he's able to get inside the house, and he finds a magical doorway that when he enters, he travels into Earth-616, which is the main Marvel Universe. Oh. Which also raises a lot of questions, because almost all the villains are now on this Earth, and no one from the main superhero universe has actually noticed it. Wait, so has he abandoned his son at this point? Uh, Jerry is saving his mom. Toby has gone into the portal. His mom or his wife? Or his, his ex-wife. Okay. Jerry has gone to save his ex-wife and Toby's mother. Thus oh. abandoning his son. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Who he told to stay behind. But Toby did not stay behind. And Clear. Toby gets chased through the portal by the trapster, a man known as Peter Petruski. But question eight is, what was his original nom de crime? Pinched people. Uh, Nam de Crime is supervillain name. Well, fuck. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to guess Paste Pot Pete. 
That is correct. Okay. I thought it might be. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a... Uh, what part of your brain did you store that in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take back the names they called you in fourth grade, kid. Use them to become supervillains. <laughs> Can you say that one more time? Yeah, I don't was... get it either. No, just like what is the name? Paste Pot Pete. Paste Pot Pete. Okay. Paste Pot Pete. Again, okay. I think this came from some terrible childhood memory. <laughs> Probably did. It's, it sounds like eating glue, Peter. <laughs> So Toby is able to escape in a taxi, and he heads to the Avengers Mansion, Cuts. where he meets Jarvis the butler, <laughs> because the Avengers had a butler there, mm-hmm. and Jarvis brushes him off and is like, yeah, this is a Fantastic Four thing. We're the Avengers. We, we deal with robots and monsters, and anything to deal with alternate realities is Fantastic Four stuff. Have a button. That way you won't become a supervillain later on in the future. Good. <laughs> Because this is what he does when children come asking him for help. Is Toby Paste Pot Pete? No. Okay. I just want to make super clear that I don't have the wrong kid in my brain. So Toby then heads to the Baxter Building, which is the home of the Fantastic Four, who try and make him fill out paperwork. Do they live, like, down the street from each other? It's like is a he riding five a, blocks away. Is he riding a bike? Is he walking? Like, how's he getting there? Taking an Uber? This is a razor scooter. For sure. <laughs> yes. yeah. the, uh, the Marvel Universe actually has New York City mapped out where you can find locations. Like the Avengers Mansion is actually where the Trump Tower is in real life. So we're, we're living in a universe where we could have Tony Stark instead of other people. What a world. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, they try and get him to fill out paperwork, and he's like, oh, no, I, I'm not doing that. Paperwork? <laughs> Every 13-year-old's favorite pastime, mm-hmm. paperwork. I don't know my social security <laughs> number. <laughs> Especially because he's coming from an alternate universe. <laughs> so he realizes if he is going to find a superhero, he needs to go to a place where there's going to be one working, so he heads to the Daily Bugle newspaper, to find a very specific superhero. Question nine. What superhero does he... Oh. Nope. Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, he expects to find Spider-Man there. Uh, he pretends so to be hard. the younger brother of one of uh, Peter's friends. And when Peter's like, oh, well, where is this kid? He senses that Toby is up on the roof where he finds him standing on the ledge preparing to jump off unless Spider-Man listens okay, to... Okay, is this this actual meme where the Spider-Mans are staring at each other because Toby is actually Toby Maguire and they have to have, like, a come-to-Jesus moment about who the hell no. is who in this situation? No, the other guy's Toby Maguire. Clyde. Everybody's yes. Toby Maguire. Oh. I think they're just both Toby Maguire but with different colored hair. That works. I'll mm-hmm. accept it. I don't know what, which one's which, though. He looks weird with green hair. I like it. So what's happening with Piss Pop Pete? <laughs> oh, he uh, got hit by a, a taxi, so I stopped talking about him. Oh, okay. I was like, so yeah. where is he? Okay, great. It sounds like an appropriate ending. Yeah. But now another Pete, Peter Parker, the Spider-Man, has shown up. Oh. And Toby's like, oh, yeah, I know all this stuff about your life, like who you're dating and your secret identity. I follow you on Instagram. Because anyway, it's up. Because in your world, or because in my world, you're a comic book character. Um, Which would be very disturbing, except that, like, they print actual Marvel comics in the Marvel Universe, so the Fantastic Four can be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go get this book about my adventures. That's so messy. But they are legally uh, able to be used as documents in court. And they're inadmissible as evidence. Comics. Comics. Oh, my God. And then a bunch of pigeons knock Toby off the roof, and Spider-Man <laughs> saves them, revealing that he is Spider-Man. Wait, he's right? Is he played by Toby McGuire? Peter so Parker or Toby? No, no. Both. No, he's played by actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. We went over this. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So Jerry, meanwhile, made his way to save Julie, only to see the Wendigo out there. Question 10. Wendigo famously appeared in an issue of The Hulk that introduced what major Marvel character? 
Windex. Oh, I just made a bad yours? pun. Yeah. Go. Wolverine. Yes. Uh, that was my second cast, obviously. Wendigo is loosely based on the Algonquin folk creature that it's basically if you eat human flesh while you're in Canada, you turn into a big, hairy, white beast. Oscar winner. <laughs> And sometimes with the power of friendship, you can become a pro-wrestling dad. Aww. For more on that, see the Exiled podcast. So more villains are on the attack, destroying the town, and Jerry explains that, oh yeah, I know all the weaknesses from these villains, because they're all from comics that I've read, and knowing how to defeat them is going to make me a big hero here. Do you just rope all their legs together and make them fall down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got that ability, yeah, go for it. I got that Boy Scout knot ability. But I Doink. don't really see him as the person who would be able to be like acting on this knowledge that he has. Poor Jerry. It's just Yeah. <laughs> the ice cream truck was just the pinnacle of his life. Well, and here's the kicker. There has been a recent Marvel Comics character who her power was she comes from a world where these comics are fictional. She knows how to defeat everyone. Question 11. What is the name of this character who is not just Gwen Stacy as Deadpool? Was there a question? Yes. What oh. is the name of this character who has fourth wall breaking knowledge who is not just Gwen Stacy as Deadpool? So it's not Deadpool? And it's not Gwen Stacy as Deadpool. Oh, well, Gwenpool. then I don't know. It's Gwen? He knows. Uh, yes, that oh. is correct. That is I Gwenpool. That stuff. Gwenpool? <laughs> yes. Her actual name is Gwendolyn Poole. She I comes to the Marvel. Yeah. I can't do this. You should be up here, not me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me come give you this mic. You're better than me. We got one last main question okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Gwenpool, very good series. So back on Toby's Earth, Galactus shows up, and if you don't remember, he's the big purple guy who eats planets, and he is going to destroy this Earth that they are on. He starts building an elemental converter that is going to suck all of the energy from Earth. Meanwhile, the van that Jerry has stolen gets surrounded by all of the villains who know them because of their evil master. Jerry gets pulled from the car, but he is luckily saved by Captain America, as all of the other heroes have appeared with Toby, who cries out, Avengers Assemble! With all the villains distracted by the heroes who have shown up, the reunited family goes off to Wincham Manor. And we flash back again to the past where... <laughs> what Winchum Manor time. does not sound like yeah. a place that people should One keep going more back time. to. <laughs> we flash back again to Wincham Manor where... Miss Wincham was going to attack Jerry, but then Clyde reveals, oh no, I'm the one who has all these magical powers. That's why I brought my dad back from the dead on accident. Oh, and so his mom... Beans Clyde. So Miss Wincham beans Clyde with a candlestick, which frees all the people, kills Clue. Mr. Wincham again. Mm hmm. Yeah. Clue. Clue. Yes. And Clyde is left severely brain damaged because this comic is not good. <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that, this comic yes. is awful. Jerry, meanwhile, runs into the manor with a box and finds Clyde and the Red Skull hanging out there. And it turns out that Jerry stole the comics back from the comic shop, and... He's been gerrymandering. <laughs> it's actually Biff. <laughs> um, the, uh, Jerry has figured out that Clyde is just very upset that the evil supervillains he brought into this universe sold his comics collection. Oh, my God. I think I really would have preferred just them gaslighting the shit out of Toby. I didn't even get any magical beans out of this. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it's not good. They could have just brought the comics to Clyde in the retirement home. Anyways, Jerry pleads for Clyde to stop, but the Red Skull ends up shooting Jerry. This angers Clyde, who decides to just send all the heroes and villains back into the 616, including Galactus. And Julie's like, Clyde, please save my ex-husband, your friend, the only person who's really come to visit you all these years. And he's like, I'm not supposed to use those powers anymore. So Jerry dies. 
Oh, it's a fitting you know, end like, for Jerry. He had it coming. So then we flash forward to 2008, where everything gets wrapped up. The comic store lost all those comics because Jerry stole them, and they're upset about it. Uh, the Wintram house ended up getting leveled. The elemental converter <laughs> got taken by the government. Clyde went with Captain America into the main Marvel universe, where his powers could be contained. Toby ended up moving to England with the stepdad. <laughs> he graduated high school, and then he went to college, where he specifically dropped out and became a writer, and then he got a job writing Marvel Comics, where because he could now affect Marvel continuity, he wrote his dad into the comics, and his dad asks out Jane Foster, the nurse that he has the crush on. Oh, shit. That's why he likes uniforms. Mm. Yeah, he, he writes fan fiction where his dad ends up hooking up with a fictional character, which is <laughs> so I mean, it's weird. way better than the life Jerry had. So, so messed you know up, what? You guys. Good for Jerry. Please don't write comics where your dad goes into the comic universe and, like, hooks up with their favorite character, unless it's Garfield, in which case, please send me your newsletter. I wrote fan fiction, and my dad was never involved. <laughs> and our final question that is worth points, and I think Tim is well ahead. In the lead here. Yes. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Is in current, in current or recent continuity, what superhero identity did Jane Foster assume? I know it, but you guys can try. <laughs> can buzz me. Jane Foster took a superhero identity. Thor. Yes. Thor's girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> she she no, became Thor. She became Thor? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, and Jerry is never seen from again. I mean, and neither is Clyde. So all that was for nothing? Pretty much. Lord. That kid's messed up. And as Jerry looks out onto the sun setting, because he's been brought back to life through the power of your son writing fan fiction... Uh, he just says Excelsior. A very, very unreliable animation. Excelsior. Uh, you I know, think Stanley's that's what my like show choir was called in high school. <laughs> so, thank you all for playing this game. So, Tim, you are getting our primary prize. Wow. Mm. <laughs> wow. Which is a twenty-dollar gift card from our sponsor, Big Fun Toys, which hey. is at six seven two North High Street. Here in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Don't spend it all in one place. Try not to. I also have a bag full of action figures here. Tim, you get your first choice between Cannonball, Warpath, Richter, and Longshot. Gotta go with Longshot. He is the good, good, lucky boy. (laughs) Do I I keep my big boy? Uh, yes, you can also keep the big boy. <gasps> we can keep him? Good. Uh, I don't know who any of these people are. I've never seen them in my whole life. I'm going to take the purple guy with no cod piece. <laughs> What's his name? Cannonball. The uncanny. Oh, he is sorry. Sam Guthrie. He is from <laughs> Kentucky. Oh, perfect. Yep. He's the son of a coal miner. He's a very, very good boy. Mm. I mean, <laughs> he looks like a bad boy. I feel like I just have to take the one that just explicitly says power vibes. Just power vibes. Just for that reason alone. There we so go. Tim, Apparently, you are also Richter. getting the warpath. All right. Wow! Amazing. And you are also free to keep your laser gun. Iron Man, towering up. <laughs> I'm just really upset that I can't make Power Vibes ride the laser horse butt. Oh, I bet you can. Yeah, you can. You gotta get it out of that packaging. Make it feel a little more comfortable. <laughs> no, he has the cod piece protection, so he'll probably be fine riding the horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Side saddle. <laughs> well, and Richter is a very good friend with Shatterstar, who is a character that Abby knows about. I, I, I've heard the name. I, I don't pretend to actually know yeah, no, shit about the character itself. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Luke. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for playing this game. If you quickly want to go over where, uh, whatever social media people can find you on. You cannot find me on any social media. He's not real. 
<laughs> you could catfish. <laughs> we get a photo of you to use for catfishing purposes. Ooh. Yeah, you'll you'll catch a lot of people in that way. Okay, sure. great. <laughs> you catch more flies with Tim than honey. Oh. Sure. Oh, God. Uh. You can find me on Twitter at Good Job Katie. You can also find me on Instagram at Katie Styles Columbus. I don't know any of my social media handles because I've never used my Twitter, but I have recorded one episode of the podcast. What the shit's it called, Luke? Uh, John Wiki. <laughs> no one. It is a podcast where we are working on reading through a specific iteration of the John Wick Wikipedia page, oh. but every time we find a link to another page, we read and discuss that. Oh, Full God. disclosure, we haven't gotten to the second episode because the second fucking link on this Wikipedia page is Action Movies, which is a long-ass Wikipedia page. <laughs> yes. Good luck. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are concerned about it, uh, this universe... Uh, I'm not concerned. <laughs> yeah, nobody is. Uh, Earth 1219, the Marvel 1985 universe, is on our list of uh, every Do universe. Do not read ever. For Trials of the Multiverse. It's actually 161 on there. It's right under Brian Michael Bendis' House of M universe and right above a universe where Psylocke was Conan the Barbarian, sort of, which... I'm assuming that means very little to nothing for everybody else at the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Luke. You can find me on Twitter at, as at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. My normal co-host, Devin, is on Twitter at, at FredoFett. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast, unless we do more than one episode a week. You can find all of that, including image galleries and other good things, at multiversalq.com. Uh, thank you all for listening. Check out the other podcasts that we do, Exiled Podcast, and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Yes. We're done.